Welcome to what might be the craziest news day of the year so far. Today is Title 42 expiration eve on the border. That's huge in and of itself. But then we also have major breakthroughs in the Hunter Biden investigation. Donald Trump's court loss to E. Jean Carroll the day before his scheduled CNN town hall. Why is he doing that? We have the arrest of George Santos on federal charges. The new inflation numbers are out. Plus the Tucker Carlson of it all is a ton to get through. But we will get to all of it except for George Santos coming up. Stu does America. I mean, is even George Santos's family interested in the George Santos story? I don't know. Maybe his name isn't even George Santos. We don't even know that yet. Head over to blazetv.com slash do. Help us push back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. We're all in the middle of it. Let's push back against it. You can use the promo code Stu and save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now. We appreciate it. Hit the bell for notifications. We appreciate that as well. I've got the great Trish Regan here in just a few minutes to answer all of your financial questions and go through some of the background stuff about Fox. But we're going to start by doing Tucker versus Fox News. Now, We've talked a lot about this story because it's a massive one. The fact that Tucker Carlson, who's the biggest personality in cable news, is no longer a personality at all on cable news. Kind of a big deal. Uh, What is going to happen with him? He's been off the air for a few weeks now. And of course, we've seen what happens uh, to Fox News ever since this went on. Fox News ratings fall off a cliff after Tucker Carlson's departure. To give you some of these details, according to viewing viewers, uh, uh, viewing figures produced by Adweek, a trade publication for the evening of May 5th, Carlson's former 8 p.m. slot attracted an audience of 90,000. While at the same time, MSNBC's All In with Chris Hayes was seen by 145,000 viewers age 25-54. Now, that's the demographic that advertisers care about. Uh, I apologize if you're not in that demographic. They don't care about you. But anyway, uh, so that's kind of like what they care about. To say that, let me just put this in perspective. 145,000 was the victor, Chris Hayes, 145,000. 145,000 is terrible. Absolutely terrible. We were beating those numbers at CNN headline news, not even CNN Maine. We were on CNN headline news, the ugly stepchild of CNN, and we were getting over 145,000, let alone 90,000. I mean, Bill O'Reilly was putting four or 500,000 a night on the board, and now they're at 90. This is unthinkable. And look, you know, it's unfortunate for the host that gets stuck in these positions. I mean, a couple of the people who have filled in, Kaylee McEnany is going to guest host uh, this this uh, uh, this week. Our man Lawrence Jones, former Blaze guy, was there last week. Not his fault. The Fox News audience really likes Lawrence Jones. They really like Kaylee McEnany. It's not their fault at all. It's the audience taking a stand about what is going on over at Fox News. And it's really, really unfortunate. Look, we let me tell you this. If you want to band together, maybe you happen to maybe Elon Musk is watching right now and, you know, look, Elon or whatever other billionaires may be watching right now. We do have uh, the the richest audience out there in conservative media. At least that's what I'm told. And, you know, you look, you're evil, rich people. I understand that. You know, I I get it. If you happen to be the type of person that wants to turn Blaze TV into a multi-billion dollar corporation, we will kick Fox News's ass. We're happy to do that. We're happy to give you much better coverage than Fox News is doing. But until that occurs, we don't have the resources of Fox News. We're doing everything that we can. I think, you know, we are doing a pretty good job. There's other conservative media companies that are doing a good job as well. But it would be great to have a viable Fox News. 
You know, just look at their border coverage. They've got drones all over the border. They've got good reporters who are just camping out down there. They've got a lot of stuff going on, and not every conservative organization can put that sort of cash in. We're happy to do it if you want us to. But it's important to understand that, you know, the last 25 years without Fox News, this country is a totally different place. It's bad to lose Fox News. It's bad to have it destroyed by either their owners or just the audience abandoning it completely. It's not a good thing, but it is something that seems like it's ongoing. Tucker Carlson's still under contract on Fox. He's made a decision. He says he will start show on Twitter. Yes. Now, of course, you had to have the haters come out immediately. Uh, Tucker Carlson's new Twitter show could spell doom for Elon Musk. Is there anything that spells doom for Elon Musk? He basically owns the planet and can do whatever he wants. But oh, people are going to flee Fox News because Tucker Carlson is posting on it now. I mean, how idiotic. Who actually believes that? Nobody. Here's what Elon Musk said after the video came out. We're going to show you some of this video here in a minute. On this platform, unlike the one-way street of broadcast, people are able to interact, critique, and refute whatever he or anyone else may say, talking about Tucker. And, of course, anything misleading will get community notes. And I will say the community notes feature... It's been much better utilized under Elon Musk and is probably the best change so far at Twitter. They're also adding a lot of this podcast capability, a lot of interesting things. It says, I also want to be clear that we've not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Reward means, rewards mean subscriptions and advertising revenue share. Still working on software needed for the latter, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with his content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, also choose content creators on this platform. You know, that last line feels like a throwaway. You know, I hope a bunch of people from the left come over. He's actually outwardly said to, uh, like, even Don Lemon, hey, come do the show here now that you don't have a gig. You, you know, you don't really need that, Elon, but whatever. The point is that people on the left don't make those throwaway statements. They don't even say, hey, you know what? If anyone on the right wants to come over, come on over. They don't, they never say that. Uh, Elon is, not, I think, a moderate, generally speaking. He's got some conservative tendencies. He's got some very liberal ones as well. Uh, this guy has started the largest uh, electric company, a car company in the world. I mean, people forget about this sometimes. But this is where we are, and uh, it's nice to see someone at least saying, hey, both sides are welcome here. That's what it used to be all the time. Apparently, uh, most places that does not exist. And that's kind of one of the points that Tucker made in his video last night. I want to give you um, a, a section of this. This is Tucker Carlson talking about, he eventually gets to his Twitter announcement, but the context is also important. Watch. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. Amen, Tucker. Preach it. Preach. You're preaching directly to the choir as someone who's worked with Glenn Beck for 20 years. I will say it's true. Being on the wrong side of that over and over and over again is a real problem. They leave out all sorts of uh, details that don't agree with their narratives. They push the other side of it without really explaining it. They leave out things that they don't want you to know. This is what the media does all 
the time. And honestly, like a good chunk of my job, a good chunk of my career is reading these stupid mainstream publications and being able to translate it from BS to English. You can tell what they're doing if you watch them long enough, but the average person doesn't have the time to sit here and obsess about every story in the New York Times. You know, unfortunately, it's part of my job to torture myself for your enjoyment. I hope you appreciate it. All right, here's a little bit more from Tucker. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters every day of the week, every week of the year. I mean, it's obviously true. We cover it all the time. But what does that mean exactly? What does it mean to be on the other side of this? Tucker is in the middle of now being a member of the system for many, many years and now being sort of victimized by it. Uh, Here's what he had to say about that. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. So we know what the problem is, and the problem is massive. So what do you do? How do you solve it? Where do you go to get your voice out? Well, Tucker had a, has really a range of options to do this uh, at this point. I would really like, I mean, it would be fun to be Tucker Carlson right now. I got to be honest with you, being on the free agent market, if you can get through this contract thing with Fox, it would be fun. Everyone's throwing money at you around the every corner. Tucker Carlson walks around the corner and someone just pelts him in the face with $25 million. This would be fun. This would be fun. I would have fun doing it. I don't know if it's fun for Tucker. But what I will say is he has found a place where he's at least partially going to start telling his side of what's going on on a day-to-day basis. What's the important development in the news of the day? And he's decided to pick Twitter. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. So... A lot of this is like the the announcement he's going to Twitter is important. We all kind of wanted to know where he was going to land. And that's going to be, I'm sure, just part of what he winds up doing. Um, But all of the rest of this has been interesting, but not the meat. And I know it's hard to imagine. He just talked about the, the, the issues as big as the First Amendment here. He's taking his show to Twitter. 
That's not the meat of this, though. The next part is the meat. And if you don't watch this stuff, if you don't know the behind the scenes stuff, if you're not a media nerd, you might miss the importance of this. But this clip is actually telling us the story of what's going to happen over the next few weeks and months. Listen to this. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. Now, of course, that's true. But what's so important about that? It's just a little throwaway. Well, if you're under contract and you're getting paid $20 million a year and you've got 18 months or whatever left in your, on your contract and your employer is telling you you can't go anywhere else, we're going to keep paying you the $20 million a year, we want you to shut up on the sidelines. You don't want to shut up. You want to make sure your voice is heard. It's coming up on an election year. This is going to be a crucial time for this country. You want to make sure your voice is heard. Well, what do you do? You obviously can negotiate with your employer behind the scenes, but you don't announce a new show if that's the state that you're in. If you've had a, you know, basically a blow up and falling out completely, which of course we now know is the case, then you take one of two steps. One step is to say, look, you know, we've looked at our contract and Fox News isn't going to let us on. But of course, we can still pr uh, post videos here to social media. That's part of our deal. And so we're going to do that to inform you. That would indicate to uh, to the company, Fox News, he's trying to walk this line. He's trying to get his voice out there while not violating his contract. <laughs> that is not what he did here. What he said is. We're going to bring a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years. A very, very specific thing. It's not that he's doing some other thing that he views differently in his contract. Hey, this is social media content. It's different than the show. No, no. He's doing the show, the exact show he's been doing for the last six and a half years on Fox News. He's going to bring a new version of that right over to Twitter. Go ahead, sue me. He is, he wants out of this thing. He wants the fight. And of course, we know that it's true because just before this video came out, there was a uh, acquisition of a letter by Axios. Scoop, Tucker Carlson accuses Fox of fraud and contract breach. Um, now, basically what he's saying is, you guys screwed me over. You broke the contract. So the contract is no longer in place. I'm going to go do what I want. This is high level um, you know, uh, legal battle uh, that is about to uh, play out right in front of our eyes. And he's trying to start the ball. He doesn't want to sit back. He doesn't want to take his money and sit at home like maybe I would or maybe you would. I don't know. But I would say he's just like, I'm fighting this. This is what he's doing. And look, it's a brave thing to do because he's going to get sued by a very large corporation. One, a couple of the interesting details in this letter. He says, notably, the letter alleges, this is from Axios, Fox broke an agreement with Carlson not to leak his private communications to the media mm, and not to use Carlson's private messages, quote, to take any adverse employment action against him. Now, that may be in his contract. Essentially, they can't use his private texts to fire him. Of course, no one knows why he's fired. I don't even think Tucker knows, frankly. Uh, also, uh, Carlson said he was told by a member of the Fox board that he was taken off the air as part of the Dominion settlement. Two sources briefed on a conversation told Axios. A Fox News spokesperson denied that, said it's categorically false. Um, Carlson is also claiming that Irina Briganti, Fox's longtime communications PR chief, she's 
very well known in this world for doing these types of things, allegedly. Um, he attempted to undermine, embarrass, and interfere with Carlson's future business prospects. Uh, he says, make no mistake, we intend to subpoena Ms. Briganti's cell phone records and related documents, which evidence communicates uh, communications with her and all media, including but not limited to the New York Times. Here's the one thing that I don't think Fox has really internalized yet. They dropped off by 70% in their ratings with hosts that people like. That's important to note. They didn't just put on some terrible hosts so they lost ratings. No, these are people that Fox News likes. They have other shows. Their other shows do well. They've bailed on Fox News because they're angry. But they've done that on their own. That's all organic. Remember, Tucker hasn't said, don't watch Fox News. Tucker hasn't said to his allies behind the scenes, hey, go out there and start a boycott against Fox News. This has all been organic. At any point, Tucker can do that. He can say, you know what? They screwed me. Don't ever go back there. They don't care about you. They don't care about our values and they don't care about the republic. Now, I don't think Tucker wants to do that, but it does seem like something he has, an arrow in his quiver, if you will. Um, I, he could, I mean, he can get powerful people that will come on his behalf and say, boycott Fox News. Then you're talking about a complete and utter catastrophe. They're going into negotiations with these cable providers. They've got a lot of problems here. And if the Fox News audience believes that they are more in it for their money, they're more in it for their company, for ego, for spite than they are for supporting the republic, those people, they're good patriotic Americans, maybe like you, will never come back to Fox News. If they wind up realizing or believing that Fox News is out for itself over the republic, that audience will be gone forever. And I don't know that they fully appreciate that yet. You know, a lot of products do the exact same thing as their competitors. And but, you know, they're priced differently because of the brand name. Uh, so getting a good duplicate is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. You want to spend less money, get the same uh, high quality stuff. One version of this is Raycon wireless earbuds. Now, I will tell you, it's not an exact version because I like Raycons better than those big brands. Raycon is a great brand. If you've never had Raycon headphones, it's premium audio at the perfect price point. And you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. And you can get a, a pair and you can get a spare, too, because I don't know about you. I lose my headphones very routinely. So it's nice to have a couple pairs for the same price as the other. You might even have some money left over. And they work fantastically. They don't slip out of your ear. They don't hang and dangle like weird-looking earrings below your ear. That's not what they do. They also have buy now, pay later options. You can get started right now for 18 bucks at checkout. Uh, this is a great deal. Plus, they have easy and free return guarantee, and they offer two years of product protection uh, for just a few bucks. So go to buyraycon.com slash stew today. Get 15% off your Raycon order right now at buyraycon.com, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N. Buyraycon.com slash stew. Get 15% off now at buyraycon.com slash stew. I'm happy to welcome Trish Regan to the program. She's a journalist and host of the Trish Regan podcast show, which, of course, you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. And you should totally do that. Trish, how's it going? Hey, Sue, good to see you. Good to see you. Um, let me start with this. Uh, we were just talking about the whole Tucker Carlson uh, situation, how it's been unfolding over the past few weeks. 
Give me your reaction. You know this business better than anybody. What, what, how do you react to everything that's gone on in the last few weeks? Okay, so first of all, I was like completely shocked, completely stunned. I figured if there was anyone that they really needed to protect and wanted to protect from the media vultures, it seemed to me that it would be their eight o'clock flagship show, right? And their eight o'clock flagship star. So I was really surprised by all that. But don't forget, Stu, five weeks earlier before they let him go, you had Chuck Schumer on the floor saying, we need to regulate Fox News. We need to regulate Tucker Carlson specifically. And then AOC was on MSNBC with Jen Psaki for a taped interview, which I'm guessing was probably done around Friday, right? Saying the exact same thing. And then sure enough, he's gone on Monday. So I have no inside knowledge, only that I suspect at some point, maybe they were growing sensitive to these complaints there on Capitol Hill. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe the texts were enough to really send the Murdochs over the edge, but they've got thick skin. And even if he was picking on Rupert and his girlfriend or who knows what, right? <laughs> I think that they'd be able to handle that because the guy made a ton of money for him. I mean, Tucker Carlson was a cash cow. So the ratings are down, what, 50 percent since he left? Why did they do it? That's not entirely clear to me, but I will say this. Tucker's got a great future ahead of him, and you know what? It's darn nice kind of being a free agent. <laughs> I don't think he needs the money, but I think he'll make a ton of money anyway, and I think he'll really like the ability to just speak freely, and it, it seems like that's what he's going to be doing there on Twitter. Because, I, 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 look, I want the situation where people throw tens of millions of dollars at me, uh, whether I'm working or not. I mean, this sounds, like, ideal to me, but it seems like Tucker wants to have his voice out there, and, you know, Fox News is kind of, I mean, at least it looks like they're saying, they don't want him to do that. And I don't know. It seems to me, Trish, that they're a really large legal battle is about to unfold in front of our eyes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they, they have these things and, and I went through it. So I was under contract and they said, yeah, we, we don't want you on air anymore because, you know, I said some things that some people didn't like and the media went crazy with it because mm. they have people, by the way that do nothing but sit there and watch what Trish Regan or Tucker Carlson or anybody else says, you know this, right? And then they write about it and then it, you know, picks up some viral energy and the next thing you know, um, they're, they're really freaking out. So I guess, I get, I mean, again, I don't really know. I just got the call one day that, yeah, you know, you're not gonna be on the air anymore. And so you're still under contract in these situations and these contracts have what are called pay or play. So it is their decision whether or not you're on the air or they can pay you to stay home, but they still want you sort of locked up. So there were negotiations, et cetera, and, and I was happy to be able to eventually move on and not have to live out the rest of the contract, but they did honor the contract. So I think that we had a, a civil enough parting under the circumstances. I think in Tucker's case, he's got a really long contract. Like we're talking past 25, you're going into the election. He obviously wants to be there for the election. I get it. And so they're going to sit there and say, no, 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 we don't want you having a voice. Don't forget, look at this industry, right? The industry is such that, and the industry's changing by the way, but in the old days, it was kind of like the MGM studio system. So you belong to a network and everything you do is for that network and they can kind of make or break you. And so they'll build you up, but then they want the ability to say, okay, you're done. And when you're done, they don't want you going across the street and all that value that they created then suddenly disappears. Makes sense. But he's saying, okay, this is my value more than Fox's value. And I deserve the right to keep this value and still use this value. It may be that, you know, he doesn't get paid 
on Twitter. And maybe that's part of the deal, that maybe he can go do something as long as he's not being paid for it. Very interesting, though. And I think you're right. There's going to be some legal things that happen. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to watch this uh, play out. And it's, you know, I, I think, though, you look at like Fox News and you say, well, you know, they, they've been a pretty important part of the conversation here. I think I don't know where we would be without them over the past 20 or 30 years. But like there's been several instances of this now. We, I mean, you mentioned your situation, Tucker's situation. Mm-hmm. There's been others where they seem to be folding to these pressures from the outside. And I don't know what like the whole point of Fox News was they were, you know, somewhat immune to this. And yeah, it's leadership or lack thereof. Yeah. Is, is it is it a, is it part of that change? Of, in sure. the leadership? Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, look, I, I, Roger Ailes sort of created Fox News. I came in at the tail end of the Roger dynasty, if you would. So I only knew him for, you know, a handful of months, frankly, and then the guy was out the door. So I didn't have, you know, the, the sort of working relationship perhaps that, that others had, including, you know, Glenn, right, at, at mm. your network. And, and I know you were at Fox too, so you, you guys might have known him better. But what I would say was that the wheels were always on the bus. And there was kind of a, a, a top down in terms of editorial. And it was very rare that that would ever sort of get out of line. And I think if it started to get out of line, Roger, who had a very patriarchal kind of way with people, would, you know, sit him down and say, hey, so listen, this is the drill. So he was very involved in the management of talent. Talent is a very special, it's funny, they call you talent, right, in this business. Kind of a special breed. (laughs) Everybody's got a very big ego. Everybody is very sensitive. And everybody wants to do their own thing. And I think trying to have that many personalities in one shop, so to speak, is not easy. It, it, trust me, like, I mean, that would be my nightmare, having to be the, the producer for all these different talents. And he somehow loved it and enjoyed it and was able to, to, to actually keep everyone pretty happy. And so that, to me, represented the management style that they needed. So when he left, you had Bill Shine who came in, wonderful job still at keeping the wheels on the bus. And then Bill left and I mean, you could feel it. You could really feel it. You could just see when there is a power vacuum in any company or in any country, you start to have a lot of infighting, a lot of chaos. Everybody's trying to outdo the other, and there's no one really, you know, watching the ship, so to speak. And that's what happened. Mm, yeah, it really is an amazing turn. I, I want to move over to the economy a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The inflation numbers came out today, and the coverage of the inflation numbers it fascinates me. It's oh, it's been dropping for this many months, and it's uh, it's under control, and the economy is cooling down. This is all working. And I think we lose sight of the fact that it was 4.9%, which is insanely high. I mean, higher than we've seen in you know 30 or 40 years. And that's built on top of the previous increases, which are already locked into these numbers. Can you kind of give us a 50,000-foot a, a view of what these inflation numbers mean? Sure. We're still up 4.9% from where we were a year ago. Which means if we're like getting desensitized to this in any way, Stu, we got a problem because inflation really needs to be historically, you know, the Fed's been OK with two percent. I'm like, really, do you have to have two percent? You know, they, they, they like two percent, but we're not even in that range. So we're at four point nine percent. And really, I'm just going to say this. So if you really peel back the numbers and you look at it on an apples to apples basis, say with the metrics that they used back in the 1970s, 
before Paul Volcker, who was then head of the Fed under Reagan, of course, said, wait a second, we get we got to get this we got to get this together because we can't have crazy high inflation. You were looking at inflation around 16% back then. If you look at it in an apples to apples basis, the thing is they changed the metrics however many years ago in how we measure inflation. So in fact, I actually think inflation is a lot higher than the 4.9%. It's probably closer to the 10, 11% range. And even when you saw it back, you know, when it was 10% or 9% we saw in consumer prices, it was probably much more in line with what we saw during Volcker's time, but we don't have a Paul Volcker at the Federal Reserve. Let's be very clear, right? Jerome Powell, I had high hopes for. I can tell you, they all went out the window. When he started printing, you're going to get me all upset here. This just drives me nuts. <laughs> he was printing all this money for so long while simultaneously you had multiple rounds of stimulus checks and you had multiple rounds of stimulus spending. So you get Biden comes into office, third stimulus check. Then you got all this money that they print there over in Congress because they're going to hand out more. And sure enough, Jerome Powell keeps at it. I, I was like, I, I mean, is he crazy? And, and you want me to believe that this is transitory? I don't have the degrees that Janet Yellen has, our Treasury Secretary, former head of the Federal Reserve in economics, but I've studied a fair amount of economics. I've covered financial markets long enough in my career to know that this was a recipe for disaster. And so this is what's playing out. We now have inflation embedded into our economy. And these numbers aren't going to get better, Stu, because the Fed is not going to do anything right now. They're just waiting and hoping and praying like we don't fall off a ledge. They don't want to raise rates going into an election year. And yet you get Joe Biden refusing to cut any spending. So this is not a good scenario <laughs> long term it or really, near term. It really isn't. What happened with with Powell and that like his he kind of does sell himself as another Volcker. He says he worships the guy. And, you know, now, of course, they've they've raised these rates. He keeps saying we need to get inflation under control. It doesn't seem to be working at least as fast as they're expecting it to work. You know, what, what's our future like with this leadership in place? We're going to have a lot of debt for the foreseeable future. I mean, look at this, $31.4 trillion. This is such a massive number. I mean, I don't know what the plan is here. When, when they're not even willing, the Democrats are not, they want this clean debt ceiling. They're not even willing to have a conversation about what you could possibly cut in discretionary spending you're going to have a problem. So there'll be lots of brinkmanship and there's already, you're seeing that. No side wants to give in. They better give in because let me tell you, like if we default on our debt, that's a whole other... That's a whole other thing entirely. That would be really and truly catastrophic. But I would say just long term, we're going to continue spending money we don't have. We're passing this off to future generations. So I think you can bank on still seeing more inflation. We benefited in the past from the productivity gains that we saw that really helped to lower inflation. But I think ultimately when, when it's all said and done, this 4.9%, that may start becoming the more normal. You, instead of 2%, you may be looking at four, four and a half percent inflation every year. So it just means you gotta be smarter as a consumer. You gotta be smarter as an investor. You gotta think about how you're gonna plan. Mm. All right, last one for you here, Trish. I, I know you need to go, but uh, the the debt ceiling is, is, is facing us, as you mentioned, right around the corner. 
you know, I kind of feel like usually what happens here is both sides kind of get, give a little bit. They find some sort of way to work through this. They raise the thing. There's no serious effort made to lower spending. Is that how this thing is going to play off? I mean, I, I don't believe at the end of the day we're actually going to default or I would be very, very surprised if that's where this ends up. What do you think is going to happen? Here? We're not going to default. No, I'm just I know I know it makes a great headline and it would probably be better on this clip. Like yeah. if you said, Trish Regan says we're going to default. We're not going to. Listen, my gosh, if we defaulted, I, I don't think that's going to happen because even though we have our share of crazies in Washington, the reality is that someone will get to them and basically promise to strip them of all campaign funding for the rest of their right, life. Right. I mean, someone will have to, because if we defaulted, like, let's just be very clear. And, and this is how I started my career. I was at Goldman Sachs trading emerging market debt. So we were looking at it sovereign debt in really kind of bad places in Latin America, Argentina, Venezuela, um, Colombia, Brazil. So countries that have seen their share, shall we say, of defaults. We are not yet, anyway, Venezuela or Argentina. And it is really important for the stability of the world, frankly, that we continue to service our debt and to pay on time. That is just what the world looks to the United States for. If that suddenly went away, it would change everything absolutely positively everything. It is not something we should ever even be having to talk about or even having to consider because then you do become Argentina. In all seriousness, if, if, if the world cannot count on the U.S. to pay its bills, there's nothing that distinguishes us from these developing nations. And these developing nations have a terrible, terrible sort of fiscal, I mean, it's just, you know, a disaster when you look at their, their books and the people are struggling as a result and they deal with mass inflation and they're all hungry for dollars. They're hungry for dollars because we are still the world's reserve currency. I mean, people say, hey, you know, well, maybe that could change. Yeah, but like, not tomorrow, not in 10 years. I'm not about to like cash in my dollars for Renimbi in China. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, like where else are you going to put your money? The yen, the euro? I mean, I, I still think we are the prettiest girl at the dance and we want to keep it that way for as long as we possibly can. Not to say it doesn't change in 25 or 50 years, but I don't think it's going to change on June 1st. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I look, Trish, I, I need the clicks. So regardless of your answer, I'm going to put under this. Trish Regan says we're going to default and see how the click plays on YouTube. Sorry about that. That's just the way this business works. Uh, Trish I will Re say this, though, Stu. <laughs> yeah. When you look at the markets, they're pricing in an increase. You can look at things called credit default swaps. I'm wonking out on you. It actually does show that there's an increase in concern there, which is very interesting, but not enough to convince me we're going down that path. All right. That's good news. Trish Regan, journalist, host of The Trish Regan Show. Make sure to follow her wherever you get your podcast. Trish, thanks so much for coming on the program. Great to be here, Stu. Anytime. You know, buying or selling your home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, especially when you have all these huge economic questions over our head all the time. And it can be much worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, and that's a lot of responsibility. You need an agent who will take that seriously, and you can find that agent at Real Estate Agents I Trust. Dot com. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework. They talk to every agent before inviting them to join the network. And this is a long process for these agents. They have to really qualify for this. But it's worth it because 
You are the one that has served uh, here at the end, and this is a free service to you. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the best agent in your area, whether you're moving or you're selling and staying in the same area. It's worth it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So Donald Trump is going to do a town hall with CNN later tonight. Why? I I don't understand why he's doing it. The the left is like, I'm angry. They're putting him on CNN. Are you really like wouldn't all they're going to do is pester him and harass him that you should love that. That's like your pastime. I don't know why Donald Trump wants to participate in it, uh, honestly, but um, that should be uh, an interesting watch later on. I think, uh, you know, uh, surely this E. Gene Carroll thing will pop up. He was uh, hit with these uh, with these accusations by this writer, I guess, uh, from 1996 or so. Um, and they found him uh, liable for one of the charges, and it's going to cost him $5 million, they say. Of course, he's going to appeal. This will drag out for a long time, but, you know, no, no one likes to be uh, in this particular situation. I will say, I've got a million rants on this particular story, uh, but let me focus on this one. If someone you didn't know, let's just forget Donald Trump for a second. Because you, a lot of people will just say, well, he's guilty. But forget that. Let's just argue for the, I know this is crazy, but for the sake of argument, let's say he didn't actually rape this woman. If someone accuses you of a crime, of, of, of raping them, and you don't even know who they are, okay? They're just not, they're not even someone who you are. Think of just some random name you could think of. Hey, you were accused of this at this time in the, in the town you went to college or the town you used to work or the town you used to live 30 years ago. How would you defend it? Oh, you could say you weren't there, but what if the person doesn't know when it was? What if they just say, hey, uh, in fact, I can't even tell you the year it is. How would you defend against that? If they're telling you, hey, you know, uh, this happened. We don't know what month. We don't know what week. We don't know what date. We don't know what year, but it happened. Believe me. Well, is there any evidence? Anybody, any witnesses? Not really. How would you defend against that? All you can say is, I, don't, I didn't do it. Now, Donald Trump's defense was essentially, I wouldn't be interested in it even if I was near her. I don't think that's particularly an effective uh, defense. And of course, didn't wind up working out here. Uh, you know, the whole Donald Trump as a witness thing, not a strong suit, not a strong suit. But I will say, it's impossible. You, you, you have to go to authorities after one of these incidents. You can't wait 25, 30 years. There's no way to get actual justice. There's no way for it to happen. The legal system is not clairvoyant. They don't know everything that went on. So instead, we have just two people, in this case, only one person making accusations, and Donald Trump not even putting up a defense, because what? how could he defend it? He can't defend this thing that he had nothing to do with, if he had nothing to do with it. There's no way to defend it. There's no plausible way to get out of it. And for all these media members that are like, oh, well, I know he did it. He's a bad person. Think about what would happen if the same thing happened to you. What about your former intern that used to work there 12 years ago? What if they just said today that you sexually assaulted them? How would you deal with that? How would you defend it? She didn't tell anybody. She didn't tell anybody at the time, but it happened. How would you defend it? You couldn't. And if it was in an area where the politics lined up against you, like the situation in New York right now, you'd wind up on the wrong side of that verdict, too, and you'd have a seven-figure number attached to it. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous standard, and I would argue the law itself, opening up a, a statute of limitations after it's already expired, is completely unconstitutional and against our, our legal system. 
all of this is wrong. Hopefully the courts get this uh, fixed later on. But in the meantime, it's going to be a a long uh, haul here. And it's probably going to affect the campaign in one way or another. And there's 25 more cases like this coming. It is going to be a very, very bumpy next 18 months. So if you own a business and you did the tough thing during COVID, you you were able to pay your people, you were able to pull your business through the pandemic, well, you can do uh, something about that now. If you did the tough thing during the pandemic, you can qualify for up to $26,000 per employee at COVID tax, excuse me, covidreliefTax.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during the COVID pandemic. This is not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. The program itself is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidreliefTax.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and then they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Now, uh, this is the way this thing works. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits, churches, uh, they can qualify, uh, including those who took the PPP loans. These programs exist. They're law. You've probably had to pay your taxes into them. Don't wait around to take the uh, to take the uh, advantage of this because uh, you can get something back for all of your struggles. If you did the tough thing for your employees during COVID, let COVID relief, covidtaxrelief.org uh, help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. Check it out now, covidtaxrelief.org. Welcome back. George Santos. Title 42 ends tomorrow. Yes, the big day is here. Are you excited? I know I am. Now, the administration has said multiple times that they've had, hey, we've had two years to prepare for this. We've got a plan in place. Then the day before Title 42 goes away, we get this from Joe Biden. Look, the border's going to be chaotic for a while. (laughs) Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Uh, It's incredible. Uh, He says it remains to be seen, but it's going to be chaotic for a while. Uh, Now, Corinne Jean-Pierre is still on the last memo. She's saying we believe we have a robust process to deal with what is going to occur after Title 42 lifts. So we'll see which who's right here. Um, Now, Kathy Hochul uh, has decided to say, hey, emergency, emergency. We've got uh, illegal immigrants coming to our state. And Lori Lightfoot is saying the same thing. Emergency, emergency, state of emergency. This is before Title 42, and this is just from people being bussed there. Imagine what Texas and Arizona and New Mexico and even California have to deal with. Now, the liberal states are not going to say anything about it because they want to you know, guard their ass. But the bottom line is this is going to overwhelm even the blue states. This is going to be a real, real problem. We also have, I mean, these, this news day has been insane. We also had breaking news as far as the Biden crime family developments. Biden family received millions of dollars from foreign nationals, tried to conceal source of funds, says House Oversight Committee. Now, they have they say they have a lot of banking records that can prove this. We have to see it. I know uh, the staff here is already uh, underway trying to look through all these documents, make sure it all checks out. We're not going to take the Republicans word for it. We want to make sure we understand exactly what happened and how it happened so we can give you the full download of that. And that'll be coming here as we go through all this stuff. Uh, because this is still uh, developing at this point. But these are pretty serious accusations. I mean, millions and millions of dollars funneled through 
multiple shell type corporations to the Biden family, all sorts of members through, you know, almost all of the members of the Biden family. Many of these payments, I think it was 16 of 17 in one case, came while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. And routinely, these were about 30 percent cuts. They get this, you know, three point two million dollar number and then about one point oh seven million would all of a sudden be going to one of the Biden uh, family members. This happened over and over and over again. They say they have evidence. We're going to look at it and we'll bring you the results coming up. Uh, so, uh, if you've been listening to the radio show the last couple of days, you've missed out on, uh, Glenn Beck. He has not been in and, uh, you know, we just ask you to keep him in his prayers poor dude's been going through a lot of stuff on the outside here. Uh, and I'm sure he'll talk about it if he's back on tomorrow's radio show. We'll let him do that. Uh, but of course, uh, he will be doing a show, I think on Friday. So don't miss out if you're a Blaze TV member, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. We'll see you tomorrow.